welcome everybody to episode number 268 of my podcast. It is so good to be coming at you from the usual spot in Los Angeles, California on Thursday, October 24th, 2019. As always, I'm going to cover the biggest news in sports, give my unique and captivating opinion on everything going on. This is the first episode in a while that I'm beginning, that I'm using my Blue Yeti microphone, so the sound should be a lot better. If you guys have listened to any other episode, any other recent episode, and this one, please let me know if you can hear the audio difference. It should be a lot high, a higher quality right now, and I am in the process of getting a, a pop filter, a boom arm, and some other things that will really, really make the audio better, that will help out the microphone a lot. So without any further ado, let's get right into it, starting with the UFC. What is the UFC without Conor McGregor? He has confirmed that he will return to fight in the UFC on January 18th, 2020. He held a press conference in Moscow on Thursday, noting that he will be back in action at the start of next year. He was last in the octagon in October of 2018, when Khabib Nurmagomedov beat him via submission. Ariel Hawani of ESPN provided more details regarding McGregor's comeback and noted Donald Cerrone is the man most likely to face the notorious at this stage, tweeting, quote, Conor McGregor announces at a press conference in Moscow this AM that he has agreed to return to action on January 18th in T-Mobile. He did not name the opponent. Fight is in signed. Two leading candidates are Cerrone and Gathch. Cerrone is the frontrunner at this time, I'm told. So, Will Griffey of the Mail Online observed McGregor was in his typically bullish mood as he addressed the media. No surprise there. The Irishman said he, quote, does not give a, does not give a bleep who he fights in January and said he expects to, quote, go through the entire UFC roster like a chainsaw through butter. So, safe to say that losing to Khabib did not change uh, or did not hamper McGregor's confidence in any way. Even though it was a one-sided one. Uh, McGregor was submitted in round four, and then obviously the mass brawl. I covered that extensively on my podcast. Um, and if Khabib wins against Tony Ferguson, he, apparently he really wants a rematch with Conor McGregor in Moscow, and that would be an absolutely out-of-this-world mega fight. That would be insane. I would love to watch that. Maybe a, also a Conor McGregor-Nate Diaz trilogy. Nate Diaz is back in the UFC as well, although he's had he's currently undergoing some controversy some usada uh, they accused him of testing positive for something but it seems like his fight with jorge masdaval at ufc 244 is still on so i don't know but back to conor mcgregor i mean he most people nowadays most casual fans that you know maybe watch mcgregor mayweather one of the mcgregor diaz fights or something like that or ronda rousey john jones brock lesnar one of those casual fans they probably immediately associate Conor McGregor with the with MMA and UFC so and that, you know at times that's upsetting for more hardcore fans like myself but at the end of the it, at the end of the day it's a business and that's ultimately what the UFC and Dana White care about the most it's about the money that they can make because money makes the world go around as we all know so even if Conor is a little bit past his prime which I don't think he is just yet you know they're gonna keep him fighting as long as he wants to fight because he needs the money. They'll make them. He'll make them a boatload of money, and he's always gonna be a must. He's always gonna be musty TV. He's Conor McGregor for crying out loud. Uh, so, I mean that's that's exactly why Brock Lesnar was always must see in the UFC. Uh, why CM Punk, even though he had no business being in the UFC, was given a shot because Dana White knew that all the CM Punk fans coming from the WWE 
would absolutely pay to watch CM Punk fight. Same uh, same exact thing with John Jones. I mean, those are the big money fights. That's all there is to it. Now switching gears to some baseball. The Philadelphia Phillies agreed to a three-year deal with Joe Girardi on Thursday to become their new manager, the Phillies announced. MLB.com's Todd Zalecki um, of NBC Sports Philadelphia first reported the news. He has worked as an analyst since parting ways with the New York Yankees following the 2017 season, but he brings a very impressive resume to the table. He has a 988 and 794 career record as a manager, a National League Manager of the Year award with the then Florida Marlins in 2006, and a World Series title with the Yankees in 2009. Uh, quote, I think Joe is a great choice. Gabe Kapler, who the Phillies fired in October, told Alex Carr of the good fight in reaction to the hire. He's smart, adaptable, and his record obviously speaks for itself. I believe Joe will guide this team to a lot of success and wish him and the Phillies the best. So pretty classy um, comments from Kapler. He was fired following an 81-81 and 81 season, which was his second in Philadelphia. And I mean, that's underperforming. When you trade for Gene Segura, sign Andrew McCutcheon, sign obviously the $330 million man Bryce Harper, you're expected to at least make the playoffs and do better than 81-81. and 81. They finished 16 games back of the NLE's champion Atlanta Braves and were eight games out of the final wildcard spot. So that's just not going to cut it for the Phillies at this point. You know, they also added JT Romuto. So that's just absolutely not going to cut it. And I think this is a great hire for the for the Phillies. I think Joe Girardi is a superior manager to Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone just kind of has that Yankees team that Joe Girardi never really got to nurture and develop. And um yeah, I mean, when you're Aaron Boone and you have that Yankees team filled with talent similar to the Houston Astros and LA Dodgers, it really doesn't matter as much who the manager is because you have so much talent. You have to really be a horrible manager to screw it up, kind of like what I believe Dave Roberts has been doing in the playoffs for the Dodgers. If they had an actual good manager, they would have had at least one World Series so far. I mean, if it wasn't for Dave Roberts and being an idiot in this postseason, it's safe to say the Dodgers would be maybe not beating the, the Astros in the World Series like the Nationals are, but at least competing because the way the St. Louis Cardinals played in that NLCS, the Dodgers would have destroyed them as well. Now transitioning to some more baseball, some controversy with the Houston Astros. You can't spell. I mean, the Houston Astros are always involved with something. Uh, they have fired their assistant general manager, Brandon Taubman, in the wake of his comments to a group of female reporters about closer Roberto Osuna. Houston announced that they terminated uh, Taubman's contract today, according to MLB.com. And according to Sports Illustrated, Steve Stephanie Obstein Taubman was in Houston's locker room Saturday celebrating the team clinching a spot in the World Series with a 6-4 win over the New York Yankees when he turned to a group of three female, three female reporters saying, quote, Thank God we got Osuna. He yelled at them. I'm so effing glad we got Osuna. So, I mean, it could be a coincidence, but I don't know. It seems a little fishy to me. The Astros initially released a statement disputing Abstein's account of the events, calling it, quote, misleading and completely irresponsible. They claimed, quote, an Astros player, Osuna, was being asked questions about a difficult outing, and Taubman was supporting the player and didn't direct his comments to the female reporters. However, after letting Taubman go, Astros general manager Jeff Ludnow told reporters, quote, the Astros were wrong to ever issue the original statement because Taubman lied to the team about the incident. Per Chandler Rome of the Houston Chronicle, multiple eyewitnesses corroborated Obstein's account of events and said one of the reporters, quote, was visibly shaken by the comment. Taubman issued a statement Tuesday in which he apologized if anyone was offended by his comments and still claimed the situation had been misrepresented, saying, quote, This past Saturday during our clubhouse celebration, I used inappropriate language for which I am deeply sorry and embarrassed. 
In retrospect, I realized that my comments were unprofessional and inappropriate. My over-exuberance in support of a player has been misrepresented as a demonstration of a regressive attitude about the important social issue. About an important social issue. Those that know me know that I am a progressive member of the community and a loving and committed husband and father. I hope that these who I hope that those who do know me understand that the Sports Illustrated article does not reflect who I am or my values. I'm sorry if anyone was offended by my actions. So, per USA Today's Bob Nightingale, Major League Baseball announced an investigation into the incident that includes interviewing those involved before making an official statement. So, I mean, Osuna, he gave up a home run, a game-tying home run to DJ LeMahieu in the top of the ninth, uh, who was acquired, he was acquired by Houston in July of 2018. He was serving a 75-game suspension for violating the MLB's domestic violence policy at the time of the trade following an arrest in May of that year in which he was charged with assaulting a woman. So just horrible things. Last September, against this, last September, the charge was dropped when the complaint uh, with when the complainant with whom Osuna has a son declined to travel to Canada from Mexico to testify. He also agreed to a deal that would require him to stay away from the woman for one year and continue t- to attend counseling. So it seems like Osuna took responsibility for his actions. But um, I mean... This is very touchy because I don't really know what happened. I'm not very qualified to speak on this specifically. But, I I mean, it's hard to say because I don't know if Taubman meant any disrespect to the women. He could have just been very excited and the only reporters around him were those three female ones. And, you know, coincidentally, uh, you know, he was happy about Osuna who obviously, you know, was involved with domestic violence. I don't know. It's, uh, It's a very controversial topic and I won't get into it anymore. Switching gears now to some football, another New England Patriots trade, but this one to me seems like it did not benefit them. The Patriots are trading the veteran defensive end Michael Bennett to the Dallas Cowboys in exchange for a 2027th round pick that could also be conveyed as a 2021 sixth rounder, according to Adam Schefter. It will be Bennett's fourth team since only 2017 when he registered eight and a half sacks for the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks then traded him to the Philadelphia Eagles in March of 2018, and he posted nine sacks for them. So, I mean, he's been productive, but despite that solid season, the Eagles traded him to the Patriots in March, and in six games, he managed only two and a half sacks and five tackles, starting only one game, and now he's with the Dallas Cowboys. So, recent issues in New England may have contributed to his short stay with the organization compared to his lackadaisical play. He was suspended last week for conduct detrimental to the team, reportedly stemming from a verbal confrontation with defensive line coach Brett Bailima. Quote, it's America. You can voice your opinion about how you feel about certain situations. That's what I did. Bennett told reporters about his, quote, philosophical disagreement with Bailima. So that sounds pretty interesting to me. Bennett was getting fewer snaps than perhaps he was accustomed to, however. Quote, it's always an adjustment when you're not playing, just getting used to it, he said. But we're winning, and that's the most important thing for me as a teammate. But I think as an individual, you always want to play more and make some more plays. So it's always that great balance between both. And I mean, that's that makes perfect sense to me. Nonetheless, though, the Patriots decided to part ways, a move that also has financial benefits for them as a team. They should clear about $2.6 million in cap space by trading Bennett. So that's another factor as to why they decided to move on and that makes perfect sense to me but at the same time for the dallas cowboys this is a guy that will contribute for them on the defensive side of things right away and with that before i get into the next story that has to do with some nba basketball i want to thank crimson it for sponsoring today's podcast episode crimson it is a los angeles based managed it services company that specializes in ultra reliable and highly secure it services for the small and medium-sized companies If you would like to see if any of your company email passwords have been stolen on the internet, reach out to them. 
And for listeners of my podcast, since I appreciate appreciate you guys so much, they will run a free scan on the on the dark web for any information related to your company that has been leaked, stolen, or sold. If you reach out to them and mention that you found them by listening to my podcast, the Sean Sports Podcast, they will run a they will run a deep dark web scan among many other things, which is worth six thousand five hundred dollars for only one thousand five hundred. That's right, you get a six thousand five hundred dollar value deep dark web scan for only 1500 they can be reached right now at 310-838-3700 that's 310-838-3700 or their website at crimsonit.com crimson it it services done right so again i want to thank them for sponsoring this video and with that said let's get right back into it deandre aiden tested positive for some drugs he's facing a 25 game ban under the nba's anti-drug policy the league announced Quote, I want to apologize to my family, the entire Suns organization, my teammates, partners, our fans, and the Phoenix community, Aiden said in a statement per Woj of ESPN. This was an unintentional mistake, and unfortunately, I put something in my body that I was completely unaware of. I do understand the unfortunate impact that this has on so many others, and for that, I am deeply sorry. I'm extremely disappointed that I've let my team down. I will continue to work with the MBPA to go through arbitration, and I'm hopeful for a positive resolution. Woj first reported that Aiden, posit- Aiden tested positive for a uh, di- di- diuretic, which they are typically used as masking agents to wash. To what? What the way they work is, they um, make people, but in this case, DeAndre Aiden, uh, you know, exert urine at a much faster rate, which you know gets rid of the residue from steroids. Which I'm not accusing him of taking steroids, but that's probably the way the NBA is looking at it. Aiden, who's still only 21 years old, is in his second NBA season after being selected number one overall in last year's NBA draft. He had 11 points and 11. He had 18 points and 11 rebounds in the Phoenix Suns' season-opening win over the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Woj reported the MBPA plans to file for arbitration regarding the suspension, hoping to reduce or rescind the penalty altogether. He's filing this appeal based on quote unintentional ingestion and did not have any other banned substances in his system. But then again, that might be because of because the dilutic worked and you know maybe uh all the residue from the steroids washed out i don't know what really happened i have no way of knowing uh so anyway transitioning to some actual nba basketball that was played today Giannis onto the kubo and the milwaukee bucks have the houston rockets as number after sweeping last week's last year's excuse me season series in 2018-19 milwaukee started this season with a 117 to 111 road win uh, on Thursday at the, at the Toyota Center, uh, spoiling the, you know, the honeymoon between James Harden and Russell Westbrook, Antetokounmpo kicked off his MVP defense against a fellow contender in James Harden by spearheading a, a huge comeback and putting his teammates in position to finish the win after he fouled out. As for the Rockets, they may need some time for James Harden and Russell Westbrook to get that chemistry back. But Giannis had an insane game: 30 points, 13 rebounds, and 11 assists. His, Triple-double in the first game of the season on 11 of 17 shooting. Uh, Ersan Ilyasova was also good, 13 and 11 with 6 of 8 shooting from the field. James Harden had 19 points, 14 assists, 7 rebounds, but 7 turnovers. But he shot only 2 of 13 from the floor and 1 of 8 from 3. Russell Westbrook was not great either, but he did have 24 points, 16 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 turnovers. But he shot 7 of 17 from the field and 3 of 7 from 3. So just a bad shooting night across the board for... James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and the Houston Rockets. And I guess Giannis showed James Harden who the real MVP is tonight after all that talk that James Harden was doing. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is all I have for this episode. I mean, there's not much to cover. 
today. This was episode number 268. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoy the show, obviously listen more. You know, Visit my website at seansportstop.com for access to all the episodes that I've ever done, which includes all the famous, world-famous athletes that I've interviewed. Um, you could listen on any platform if you go to my website, whether that's Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. Please leave a five-star review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. That really goes a long way. You can also read some of the articles that I've wrote. I've only written two so far. I need to get on that on my website. Under It's under the My Blog page. Make sure to check out Crimson IT and tell them that you found them through me as well. And yeah, I mean, if you guys are interested in coming on the show, talking sports, just kicking it, kicking, kicking it, uh, I'm down, as the kids say. Uh, if you know of an athlete that would like to come on the show, please let me know. I mean, it would be awesome to interview them, to do a show with them. And yeah, I mean, this was number 268. Thank you guys so much for listening. 269 will more likely than not be recorded and published on Friday, the 25th of October, 2019. And until, until then, take it easy, guys.